Welcome to the Derek Prince Ministries podcast, helping you to grow stronger in God. For more than six decades, best-selling author and Bible teacher Derek Prince has been a source of inspiration for millions of believers around the world. You too can benefit from his compelling biblical insights. And now, Derek Prince. This week I've been sharing on the basics of personal relationships. We have seen that the scriptural basis for every enduring personal relationship is a covenant. On the vertical plane, with God himself. On the horizontal plane, with God's people. Those who enter into covenant with one another are thereby required to lay down their own lives and then to find a new life in living for those with whom they are in covenant. Entering into covenant with others in this way brings us into a distinctive new lifestyle. In New Testament Greek, there is a special word used to describe this new lifestyle. It is koinonia. In most English versions, this Greek word is translated fellowship. One or two versions translate it not by a single word, but by a phrase, such as sharing in a common life. Actually, the Greek noun koinonia is derived from an adjective koinos, a very common adjective, which means common. Simply and literally, koinonia means having things in common. Today I'm going to show you the kind of lifestyle that koinonia describes. I'm going to turn, first of all, to the first epistle of John, chapter 1, verse 3, where John says this, What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also, that you also may have fellowship, koinonia, with us. And indeed, our fellowship, koinonia, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. When John says what we have seen and heard, In the context, what he's really saying is, the record that we apostles have left with you, the New Testament record, that's what he's speaking about. And so we have a very important statement here. We have the end purpose for which God made available to us the New Testament record, the testimony of the apostles. What was God's ultimate purpose in making this record, in making the New Testament itself available to us? The answer is that you also may have fellowship, koinonia with us, that's with the apostles. And then he goes on to say, and indeed our fellowship, our koinonia, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So I believe it's correct to say that ultimately the gospel is an invitation from the Godhead to share the fellowship, the koinonia, the lifestyle of the Godhead. So important to see that this is what God really desires. Because in religious activities, many times we get so taken up with means that we lose sight of the ends. But means that do not achieve the desired ends are just a waste of time and effort. Let me say frankly, as a preacher, Preaching is not an end, it's a means. 
It's only successful if it achieves the desired end. What is the desired end? Koinonia, fellowship, sharing of life together with God and with one another. I'm of the impression that in many religious groups, if they were to ask themselves, what are we really aiming at? And then ask themselves, are the means that we are using really achieving what we're aiming at? It might be that they would completely change their whole procedure. I remember once being in a church where I'd preached on a Sunday morning, and there was a beautiful warm atmosphere at the end of the message. And the pastor stood up and he said, No, he said, there's a beautiful sense of God's presence here. Don't go home too quickly. Stay and have fellowship with one another. Shake hands with half a dozen people. And I thought to myself, Dear God, is that fellowship? Shaking hands with half a dozen people. Is that the ration of fellowship on which your people have to live? Surely that's not the kind of relationship there is between the Father and the Son in the Godhead. It goes a lot further than just shaking hands on Sunday morning. Let me picture you some things that Jesus said about his relationship with the Father, bearing in mind that all this is koinonia. In John 10.30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. In other words, there's unity or union. Then, speaking about the coming of the Holy Spirit in John 16, verses 14 and 15, he said, He, the Holy Spirit, shall take of mine and disclose it to you. But then he went on to say quickly, All things that the Father has are mine. You understand why he said that? Because he wasn't laying claim to have anything in his own right. He said, All that I have comes from the Father. It's only mine because the Father has given it to me. In other words, Jesus did not claim to have anything uniquely as his own, independent of his relationship with the Father. All that he had depended on his relationship with the Father. That's koinonia. And then again, in John 17 and verse 10, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, All things that are mine are thine, and thine are mine. That's perfect koinonia perfect having in common. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine. That's the divine level of koinonia. That's the lifestyle of the Godhead. And I want to tell you this, God is not going to bring koinonia down to the level of humanity, but he is willing to lift humanity up to his level of koinonia, the divine lifestyle of the Godhead. A little further on in the same first chapter of the first epistle of John, John returns again to this theme of koinonia. In fact, koinonia is one of the main themes of this epistle of John. In verse 7 he says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, that's as Christ is in the light, and notice that's the standard of koinonia, it's always God's standard, not man's. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship, koinonia, with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. It's important to see that at the beginning of that verse, we have that little word, if. If sets a condition. If we do something, then certain results follow. What is the if? 
it's if we walk in the light, then two results follow. First of all, we have fellowship, koinonia, with one another. Secondly, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I want to point out to you that the cleansing of the blood of Jesus is not under our control. It's only available when we meet the condition. What is the condition? Walking in the light. If we walk in the light, two results follow. We have fellowship, koinonia, with one another, and we are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. This applies the other way round. If we are not walking in the light, we do not have koinonia, we are not being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So an essential condition for receiving the continual ongoing cleansing of the blood of Jesus is walking in the light. And if we're walking in the light, we have koinonia with one another. If we are not having koinonia, if we're out of fellowship, then we're out of the light. And if we're out of the light, we're no longer being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So you see how central and essential this fact of koinonia is. All right then, what are the conditions for koinonia? I want to suggest to you there are two. The first is covenant commitment. Only those who are willing to make the commitment of a covenant to one another can be in koinonia. Covenant commitment is the door to koinonia. There's no other way to get in. That's the initial requirement. And then there's an ongoing requirement for koinonia. The ongoing requirement is walking in the light. What's meant by walking in the light? Gang, I want to suggest to you it covers two things. First of all, obedience to God. Disobedience is darkness. The moment we step out of obedience, we step out of the light into darkness. The moment we infringe divine law, we're no longer in the light. But the second aspect of walking in the light is that we have to be completely open and honest with one another. No secrets, no reservations, no criticisms or evil thoughts in our hearts or minds, but complete openness and honesty with one another. Somebody said about walking in the light, it means this, roof off and walls down. Well, perhaps some of us wouldn't mind having the roof off and letting God look in, but when it comes to taking the walls down and letting our fellow believers look in, that's where we want to draw the line. And yet, if we draw the line there, we're not in koinonia. Koinonia is only possible as we walk in the light. Look at this statement about the early church in Acts chapter 4. I want you to see the connection. Verse 32, Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. What's that, having all things common? It's koinonia. The very word koinonia comes from the Greek word common. What was the result? Look on to verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. You see, God's blessings are on his people when we're in koinonia. Then we have all we need and more. But out of koinonia is out of the light. Out of the light, no longer being cleansed by the blood of Jesus. This is one of the divine ultimatums. God invites us to koinonia, but he sets the condition.
you for listening. For more inspiring teaching, visit our website at dpmuk.org forward slash podcast. And like our page at facebook.com forward slash dpmuk to join our online community. Derek Prince, teaching you can trust. <laughs>